One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers, and this is The Leader. Misogyny in Parliament. It's still happening. I don't think that there is a single female MP or a single member of staff who's a woman in the House of Commons who hasn't put up at some point with sexism and misogyny. Rachel Reeves there speaking on LBC, following the shockingly offensive claims made against Angela Rayner in the Mail on Sunday. A Tory MP told the newspaper that the Labour frontbencher crossed and uncrossed her legs during Prime Minister's questions in an attempt to distract Boris Johnson. The PM himself has written to Rayner and posted on social media, condemning the outrageous allegation and showing his support for her. The whole situation feels so sexist and archaic that it has many people wondering just how much misogyny is still going on in Westminster. Claire Reynolds is director of the Labour Women's Network. Look, it was an absolutely disgusting article. The Tories behind should never have briefed and frankly, the paper should never have printed. It was obviously a deliberate attempt to belittle and discredit one of Britain's most driven and effective politicians, frankly, for the crime of repositioning her legs on the benches in the Commons. And, you know, women are not mannequins. Women do move. We do need to sit comfortably. And the very idea that in 2022, this should be written up as some sort of sexual ploy to distract a prime minister is grotesquely misogynistic and really offensive um, and actually really damaging to how potentially young women coming into um, politics might be affected or perhaps deterred by that kind of objectification and outright sexism. It was really grim and it shouldn't have happened. Were you surprised by this incident? I wasn't remotely surprised by the article, unfortunately. I do think that particular article stunk more than some of the examples of this that we see. But I don't think any woman who works in and around politics and public life would be surprised to see examples of sexism and misogyny pervading into 2022. Female politicians are constantly and disproportionately attacked for their appearances, subjected to language like calm down dear and watch your tone and don't be hysterical um, and incessantly forced to justify their credentials for any role that they have or any space that they're occupying and it is wearing. I don't think it will have worn down Angela Rayner at all because she is particularly tough cookie. She is a picture of resilience. I'm sure if anything it will have spurred her on to continue doing what she does best which is in my view attacking 
this Conservative government for its complete failures to address things like the cost of living crisis. And that's where Angela's thoughts will continue to be focused, I'm sure. But it does potentially have the effect of deterring young girls looking at being a member of parliament, looking at being a TV anchor and and make them think, do I want to face that level of abuse and patronising, degrading discourse every day? And I think anything that narrows rather than widens the pool of people coming into public life is really bad and sad for British politics. The Women's Labour Network helped prepare Angela Rayner for what she might experience when she became an MP. What sort of training do you do to prepare women? Angela is a long-standing member of Labour Women's Network. She's actually one of our training graduates. And part of that training is actually really about boosting your resilience. It's about, sadly, accepting that sexism is a day-to-day part of, uh, and abuse, particularly online. Um, It's just part of the job for women in public life. And Labour Women's Network works really hard to campaign to change that, demanding culture change, demanding male allies, call it out where they see it. And we have thankfully seen a lot of that this weekend in response to this disgusting article but unfortunately we also have to train women to take care of themselves to see self-care as a political imperative and not as some sort of fluffy nice to do because if they are not resilient they won't be able to cope with these sorts of attacks which are not actually anything like as rare as they should be. You're a woman working in politics how often do you come across misogyny or hear reports of it? Every day every single day I mean we are not a, a therapy group we're not a kind of support network and yet I would say literally day in day out we have our members coming to us with examples of disgusting language that's been leveled at them either in private or in council chambers um, in the parliamentary chamber on twitter frequent examples of sexual harassment less frequent but still far too pervasive examples of sexual assault. We've had members who have been literally assaulted on the doorstep whilst out campaigning with misogynist language uh, accompanying that. It is really, really wearing being a woman in public life and there's quite a lot of campaign groups out there keen to see more women in politics doing brilliant work. I think where we stand out as Labour Women's Network is that we are really honest that this is not actually a shiny and um, easy job to do it's a really tough job to do because you will face abuse and you will be patronized and you will find yourselves in situations where your credibility is being needlessly questioned and that does require kind of iron resilience to not let it slowly wear you down and you know there's two parts of solutions to that. One is changing the systems, changing our culture, and the other is ensuring that there are equal numbers of women in positions of power because it's the fact that we still have gender inequality that means we still have um, cultures in which sexism and misogyny can thrive. So for example, Labour Women's Network works across issues like how women in public life can juggle family life and public life. So local authorities, for example, in many cases still do not have a a parental leave policy for counsellors, which is something the Local Government Association and Labour Women's Network have been really um, pushing for more councils to take that up. So if you do have a baby or adopt a child, there is provision for you to take the time off that any other employee might be able to expect. We do things like uh, campaign for continued access to hybrid working because this kind of drive for everyone to return to the office, to their desk is disproportionately bad for women. And we do things like 
calling out online abuse, which we know is far, far worse if you also happen to be a working class woman or a black woman or an Asian woman or a Jewish woman or a Muslim woman or a disabled woman. We know that our members who fit one of those other categories have miles and miles more volume and nastier characterised abuse than others can expect. And it's just a a dreadful thing to see people experience day in, day out. But that's what we're there to try and support people through and to uh, campaign to see an end of. How would you like to see this particular issue handled now? Well, look, I would like to see the Tory MP or MPs who briefed that article own up. I'd like to see them apologise. I'd like to see the Tory party deal with that with appropriate process and an appropriate outcome because it is disgusting that that kind of thing can be written about a senior figure in British public life. And I do think that this culture of anonymous briefings is a very male-driven culture. You tend to see far fewer women engaging in that kind of behaviour in politics and yet women are so disproportionately the victims of it um, and I do think that, that, you know, it was welcome to see Boris Johnson and a number of other Conservatives distancing themselves from such a disgusting piece of gutter journalism. But now that needs to be followed up with action. That should not be OK in this day and age. And that's it from The Leader. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.